0: into the
1: It's Friday the 13th of August. Welcome to our Afternoon Sport Deep Dive. Tim Gilbert here, joined by Shane Lee, of course, the Jack Nicholas of the cricketing world. Mate, you told us you were going to have a game of golf with your mate Mike Bailey, who loves a sledge. Did you get him?
0: I took him down, mate, yeah. Trash-talked talk, oh, trash no. talked him on the first three holes, and he went to water, mate. Oh,
1: I love it. Absolutely love it. Talking about trash-talk, we've got a couple of guys who can really flap their gums in a nice kind of way. We've got Brisbane comedian who loves his rugby league, of course, Shad Wicker, and Olympic silver medalist John Stephenson. Well, mate, you, you mentioned it uh, yesterday and you have mentioned it over the course of time where it read Justin Langer. Look, the genie's out of the bottle. It looks like, and it's been written up today, that he has blown up at a, a junior staff member. This isn't looking good. No, it doesn't look good at all. Old angry mm. pants,
0: eh? He's getting, he's getting angry. Look, when you're the Australian cricket coach and you start having uh, verbal stouches with a, a junior, what is he, the IT developer or the website builder? I don't know. He's, he's abusing him for something. Um, then things aren't going that well. And uh, yes, his he's blood's boiling, He's, there's steam coming out of his head. Justin Langer is not a happy man.
1: Doesn't happen when you win, does it? Doesn't happen when you win. Now, nah. Gallon, uh, we've seen plenty of people comment about him coming out saying that he'll have these extra three fights over the next 18 months, so you still probably got your chance to have the blue on blue blue with him. But um, <laughs> what do you think? I know, I know you're not the world's greatest fan of the old gal.
0: No, I, th- I think the guy's always been up front and said he's fighting for money um so that's why he's doing it uh people saying that after his last fight he could do himself some permanent um damage and one might say it's that's already happened i reckon (laughs) he's been pretty delusional for a long time but look the guy
1: the guy's a uh wants to earn some money so good on him i suppose yeah, Justice Herney, I'll tell you what, he punched mm. holes in him, didn't he? Really? He was tough. Yeah. But boy oh boy, we'll have yep. to watch that space with interest. Coming up, this is Friday, so Shad Wicker, we love him, the Brisbane comedian, the Warriors fan, the rugby league man. He's next. Hey, that means it's rugby league and Brisbane comedian Shad Wicker. How are you, Shad? Man, I'm doing well,
2: boys. I'm doing well. Queensland is opening back up again. Everyone's wearing masks, which, uh, in my
0: view, everyone looks gorgeous in a mask. That's what I reckon. Just That's the good. eyes only. That's the best That's look in the world. Yeah, some such, such beautiful smiles up there. Hey, Shad, let's start with um, Gus Gould. He's got some ideas for a, a summer comp.
2: Yeah, I've, uh, I was seeing this. I thought I'd see what you guys thought about this because obviously junior um, – well, not junior, but like the lower grades of rugby league have taken a pretty big hit with uh, COVID going on. I mean, we're not going to accept every everybody got code up here in Queensland. All right, we can't handle it. But um, I was wondering what your guys thought to be on this, a summer league. I've always kind of thought that rugby league misses an opportunity. I know it's a very long season, but in the UK they've got like the Challenge Cup, a little kind of mini competition that happens throughout the year. And I wonder if this little idea that Gould's got can kind of give us a summer fix of rugby league when the season ends with uh, Melbourne
0: Storm lifting the shield yet again. Look, I I think personally, I I think where cricket has got it wrong, and this is a lot to do with Foxtel coming on board, but um, the fact that there's no off-season is is a real um, downer, I reckon, for followers. Um, The AFL are the best at doing it. There's always a genuine off-season. So by the time next season rolls around, um, everyone's keen to watch it again. But saying that, you know, they have lost a lot of opportunities. A lot of these young under-21 players and some of the girls as well haven't been able to play enough footy. So from a um, getting on the paddock and playing more perspective, that might work. But will it increase viewership? I don't know.
1: Well, everything, every, everything's on the table, isn't it? The, the, look, the biggest problem in Australia is what we have in summer. Like unless you're in Victoria or, you know, that still get bloody – Blistering days in Victoria, Tasmania. I don't know. Yeah, got go to go to some interesting places to find days that aren't going to burn your ass off. It just gets that damn hot. You'd have to have provisions within the rules.
2: That is a very fair call. But I think I think what it is is I I loved when they had the nines comp. Um, when they did it, when they had the nines comp it was unreal. When they were over in New Zealand doing the the quick uh, the quick comp over a weekend, I love that that excitement of a little competition separate to the NRL. And I think if they can really rejig the rules on how they did the nines to really force a lot of younger players to play, because I know mm. a lot of the senior guys and a lot of teams aren't going to risk the monsters, the, you know, the Clearies, they don't want to risk their bigger players, which is fine by me. But I think the big excitement of a festival of footy over at least a weekend was so exciting. I think they could do it over mm. a few weeks if they planned it correctly. I mean, what if they did it? Maybe they do have a genuine off-season, but they started in February.
0: Well, what about just putting a, a bit of reality TV around the footy players during the summer? No footy. Just oh, no, thanks. Just, We've just got the back the page of the paper. What are you talking about? <laughs>
1: Most days you've got the front and the back page when there's no COVID around. Shad, uh, what did you think of last night? Uh, Melbourne again, uh, look, they got the job done, but they're not looking as invincible as we talked about a few weeks ago.
2: Isn't it interesting that they don't look as invincible since Pappenhausen came back in my view? I think there might be a little bit of um, trying to figure out how to have your cake and eat it too with the amount of stars they have on this team, in a sense. I um, I still think there's no, like, you may say they look beatable, but they still are amazingly dominant. What is that?
1: Is the a record now for 18 wins in a row? Oh, They're one off, I think. They're one off the Roosters from 1975, yeah. I mean, that's
2: mm. it's a huge, and they will. I mean, who are they playing next
0: week? I haven't even bothered to look because, to be honest, I just put it in a multi as a win. <laughs> Well, look, but I I think you're right. I think um, they're still winning, um, as you said. That They they are a good football team, but I think Timmy's right. There are a few chinks there, and I do agree with Pappenhausen. I think think he's lost a little bit of um, luster around him at the moment. He just looks a little bit gun-shy. So maybe he hasn't got enough uh, miles in the legs yet, but, yeah, interesting. I think the Sharks must be excited
2: seeing how Nico Hines has just basically taken over when given the opportunity now that they're going to have him going up that way. I mean, mm. how is this, though? Because um, you you and I have spoken about this before, Tim, but obviously about late shots on a half, um, mm. about when we're trying to, t- to tackle kicks. But, geez, that shoulder charge at the end of the game. Oh, yeah. On uh, on Hughes was that was sickening. That was like oh, back in the nineties, someone taking a shot like that. Do you reckon it was it was it was it a shoulder charge? Oh, mate, I reckon no doubt that oh. was a shoulder charge. Like oh. it, we've got it, our rules are essentially like rugby union now, isn't
1: it? You've got to throw the arms
2: around to try and hide Ooh. whether it yeah. was a shoulder. Was right on the chin, like he'll be yeah. out
1: for a while. It was all wrong, wasn't it? He got his timing wrong. He got everything wrong. It was careless. It was reckless. It, it, as you say, it was sickening. And I, I wouldn't be like they mentioned two weeks last night. I reckon they'll 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 leave him out for four to six. I really do. Now, what did uh, what, what about you mentioned the sharks there for Nico Hines? I wonder whether he's a sledger like Will Chambers. Nice, isn't that this? last couple of weeks has probably been the, like a golden era
2: of Will Chambers yeah. Sledging. I mean, his, his successful night is someone trying to throw a punch at him, isn't it? Like, if he can't score a try, he wants to take one of your players off the field. Now, I'm a Warriors fan. Our, he got under the skin of one of our guys, something fierce. Like, could, 10 minutes in the bin couldn't even calm our bloke down. But I, I was thinking about this because you've you've been in the cricket world, Shane. Mm. Some of the greatest, and I'm sure you've been asked this a lot of times, but first off, I'd love to know what both your boys views are <laughs> on sledging on the field, is it A, anything goes, and then when the siren's done, it's done, or is there a chance it can go too far? And then
0: I want to hear some of the most horrible ones you've ever heard. on the pitch. Well, see, I, I reckon, you can, yes, you can go too far, but I think if you do do that, if someone does that do, does that to you, then you've got them, I think, if they take it personally. But the best one, I reckon, was was when Warney – went to South Africa or Australian career team in South Africa for the first time in 1994. And, and um, Warnie's saying that they're all shit. They don't deserve to be in the bloody team. And he's bowing to Brian McMillan, who was a big all-rounder. And he said, you know, you're not good enough, Brian. You guys don't deserve to be back in test cricket. And he said, hey, Warnie, every day in South Africa, 10 people go missing. One more won't make a fucking difference. And and then he and then he <laughs> brought a gun into the changer and threatened to shoot Warnie in the head, and Warnie Ma- and didn't say another fucking word.
1: <laughs> that's taking it to the edge. I th- my my only thoughts on that is I think you need to be a very good player yeah. and winning a lot of games before you can do it with any great confidence. Because uh, uh, Will Chambers, particularly playing in a team that's actually not. You know, at times, can't beat time with a stick. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's interesting to see. You. But, uh, Shad, we, we have beaten, been, been beaten for time. It happens every week because we're enjoying our conversation so much. But uh, will you come back next week?
2: Oh, I reckon I can do it, guys. I reckon I, if I'm not too busy going and living my life in Queensland, I think I can figure uh, <laughs> out. Where
0: else but Queensland. <laughs> do you know what, just quickly, do you know all the footy players have their headphones on um, when they're going to the ground. I reckon Will Chambers must have Eminem in there, I reckon, listening to Eminem, a bit of trash talk before he gets out in the paddock.
2: <laughs> yes, for sure. I've never seen him.
0: Honestly, he
2: you can tell he, that's all he's out there to do now. You know, and he's also, like, let's be honest, he's on the back end of his career. Yeah. He's not yeah. going to be a game-changing player anymore. That's the only real contribution I think he can bring to the Sharks is I will frustrate their best player. Mm to the point that hopefully they'll get sent off and we'll have a shot. <laughs> like, well, my trash exactly. talk worked
0: well yesterday on the golf course. I took Mike Bailey down again. That was great. Yeah, don't you bring a gun. <laughs> <laughs> See you, mate.
1: No chance. Coming up on Afternoon Sport, the Olympics are over. The Paralympics just around the corner. Former silver medalist at the Games, John Stephenson, is with us.
0: John O'Brien is a legend of Australia's beer industry. Proudly 100% Aussie-owned, made in Ballarat, O'Brien Beer is Australia's most awarded gluten-free beer and widely available around Australia through major retailers and online at rebellionbrewing.com.au.
1: O'Brien Beer, the beer that loves your back. It's John Day. It's been officially renamed John Day. It's Friday. John Stephenson, I tell you what, multimedia megastar. Can't wait to watch him on SAS. He's been on Sunrise. The guy's a superstar. How does he get through the door with his already oversized big head? How are you, John? (laughs) (laughs) Oh,
3: Timmy. So it goes Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, John Day. Exactly.
0: Unbelievable. The best. We love John Day. I want to start with a question that I've always thought I know the answer, but... You tell me if I'm right or wrong, but so at the end of the Olympics game, you were a silver medalist. Do the medalists get the front of the plane? So from business class, first class, backwards? Is that how it works, or not?
3: They sure do, Shane. They sure do, yeah. man. I haven't turned right in like since 2005, man. When I hop on a plane, I turn left, brother. You know, he, you know, it works out because that, that's, that's the only place that, that actually fits my head is in business class or first class. <laughs> you understand? How about yeah, Timmy having a crack of straight off on John Day? He doesn't have that right, don't you reckon, James?
1: <laughs> oh, it's coming from a space of love. You know that. Look, uh, look. in reflection, it was it was a really positive week, wasn't it? If we just isolate track and field, what well, what a really positive week that second week was at the Tokyo Games for Australia.
3: No, it was amazing, Tim. You know, um just the, the general feedback in athletics fraternity, especially in athletic fraternity is how positive everything was um, for us, not only as a, as a, as a, as a sport, um, as, as a standalone by how athletics really represents the whole Olympic community with the flame being on the track. And this is how swimming set it up for us, uh, essentially with their performances. I mean, swimming performed at the, that's probably their best Olympics, you know, since maybe Sydney 2000, you know, and you look at how their Rio performance went and how they bounced back in such a young crop of athletes in the swim team is phenomenal. Something like, we won three medals in track and field, we had five Australian Mm. records, 20 PBs, 14 top eights, you know, 38 debutants, a total of 63 athletes, I mean, if you look at those numbers, um, it, it really shows that sometimes it's not only about winning gold medals it's about how the Australian jersey is represented at these events and I think our Australian yeah. second field team, let alone you know, the, the skateboarding the, the you know the canoeing and all the other medals run areas, I speak on athletics because that's what I know best and you know collectively I think we've done a great job as an Australian team.
0: I agree mate and, and who would have thought, um, you go back a few years, who would have thought that the Australian cricket team would be losing 4-1 to Bangladesh and we've got guys approaching 100 meter final in the Olympics. It's just like our track and field guys are dominating. It's really, really good to see.
3: No, it's awesome. You know, and, and just, I just, again, I'll say this, like I'll reiterate this it's great for the next generation to be um, in, inspired. That's what Olympics is about. And inspiration doesn't only come in the forms of winning. It comes in the forms of how when someone is faced with the tribulation, if they're faced with adversity, what they do with that. And we've seen a lot of that on the track. We've seen a lot of that in the swimming pool with comeback stories. Um, We've seen, you know, in the basketball, the boomers, you know, they came for so many years in a row um, and they finally broke through to get on the podium. Um, That's not a gold medal. That's a bronze medal. I mean, I'm a guy that's, always shot for the stars and what wanted to win. But those moments seeing, you know, Paddy Mills um, thinking about, you know, your your bogut, your heels, your gazes, these guys that paved the way for the boomers, um, they you saw gaze, you know, he, he shed a very emotional moment on on that on that show, Shinya, <laughs> Shit, yeah. And um, mm-hmm. and you know, and and it showed how much it meant to him.
1: Oh, exactly. And it can't be underestimated, can it? Look, we don't need to go into chapter and verse. It's been a difficult time for everybody. But for young people, it's such an aspirational thing to look at the Olympic Games because they can goal set through whatever's going on to think, I can be here then. And we only have to wait for three years for, for Paris. And i tell you what, we're looking in good shape to win more medals in the track and field, and they are the hardest medals to win at the Olympic Games. No, let's put in a little bit of context here,
3: Tim. We talk about adversity, right? We all didn't know how our athletes and the world's athletes were going to perform with this extra year. And let me tell you, as an athlete, as much as I believe in resilience and believe in you know, being mentally strong and getting over any hurdle that's put in front when you're an Olympian, I also, it also didn't make their job easy. Let me put it, let me tell you that dead straight for some athletes actually gave them a bit more time, but for your senior athletes, we talked about this in our earlier podcast about what it would do for the senior athletes compared to do it for the junior athletes when we found out the Olympics was postponed. So, mm. you know, when we see that bit of adversity crossed, now fast forward to Paris, now we've got one less year. So, mm. you, know, you know, how do they prepare now in a three year cycle or a four year cycle is going to be the question, you know, do your senior athletes hang in, a little bit extra because it's only three years. Do they drop out? You know, you got your Kate Campbell. Does she hang around? She she didn't swim badly at all. She, mm. she performed very well. So all these question marks are going to come up. I'm looking forward to Paris. I'm hoping that we'll get back to some normality where we actually have crowds and people can actually enjoy the host city. Um, but I think after this game, a lot of people are suffering from withdrawals um, from from because I think the games was that that's that little bit of reprieve from what we're facing in our daily lives at the moment.
0: Look, it definitely does inspire. I ordered on Amazon after Rowan Browning um, semi, um, a set of running spikes, but I slipped over my bloody floorboards at home, so they're back in the box, mate. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it's, it's inspiring all generations, mate, all
1: generations.
3: So at least, at least if you wear a pair of spandex, you know, at least you'll be looking all right.
0: You know? <laughs> Probably
1: better for the Winter Olympics than the luge, I reckon. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, no, no, it's exciting. We've got the Commonwealth Games next year. There's a lot to look forward. To for athletics track and field. Now there
3: is Tim. Um, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I like seeing the names like Riley Day, Peter Bowl, Rowan Browning, Ash Maloney. Uh, that's just to name a few that are mm. very, still very, very young, and um, and it'll be great. Uh, hopefully, this really encourages the major TV networks. Your Fox Sports. Um, we do enough of it on on an you know, afternoon sports uh, podcast um, start to talk about athletics more like it was back in the fifties and sixties. It underpins all our sports, man. You know what I mean? We should get behind these athletes that go to that run for Australia when it comes to track and field, not only at the Olympic games, but Commonwealth games, world championships, and so start to really follow them in and encourage other athletes and other sports to, to, to maybe be, to, to play Duke, to play two sports, not only do their one sport and focus on on um, on football or soccer or or one of the or basketball, one of the sports that they they have
0: a particular skill set in. Mate, I love John Day, and in the spirit of that, I'm going back to bed now.
3: <laughs> 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 Just between your jet lag, Shane. you got yeah, to sleep. It. it off.
1: can't wait to watch you uh, in the jungle with uh, your army greens on on uh, SAS. Good on you, Johnny. Thanks, boys. Have a great day. That's it for Afternoon Sport today. Make sure you hit follow or subscribe wherever you listen. A big thank you today to Shad Wicker and to John Stephenson. And thank you to our sponsors. Yeah, xblades.com.au. And our wonderful producer, Mr. Dan McHugh. We'll be back next Monday for your daily dose of sport. Have a great weekend, guys. Take care.